Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Firm Road Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and we are continuing our series on contact rate. So for those of you who are just hopping in, contact rate is the difference between the amount of people that contact your firm and the amount of people that we actually get on the phone. Often overlooked, a lot of the times when we have inbound calls that are picked up, this isn't something that people keep track of, but for everything else, form fills, emails, chats, missed calls, stuff that happens after hours. This is absolutely critical. And most of the firms that we have independently audited on this stuff are missing sometimes up to 90% of these calls. So instant way to juice your revenues for this upcoming period without spending another dime on marketing, which is why I like it so much. But anyways, so far, and again, I would recommend checking the last couple solo pods if you haven't already. We've gone over a couple of super important levers that we can use to juice this metric. Speed to lead, which is when we went over a couple of weeks ago, which is how fast can we potentially get in front of these people so we know that they're paying attention to whatever it was they interact in our marketing for and notifications. Do we know that people are interacting with our stuff? Is it getting in front of us? Because we can't call them if we don't know they exist. Really, really important. But anyways, if we're following all those different things, and again, go ahead and listen to those podcasts if you haven't, but there's still a possibility that people aren't picking up your calls. And I want to go over to three separate reasons why this could potentially be happening. So the one thing that I want to kind of wrap these first couple points in is the state of the world right now, the sales and marketing world. And that is reacting to spam is out there, unfortunately, and there's ways to get around this. But the unfortunate and objective truth is that there's been a lot of increase in phone spam in the last couple of years. So I personally started seeing this the last, I would say maybe like three or four years ago, last like election cycle, it got really, really bad. But we've got a bunch of, you know, robo dialers that have been reaching out to people en masse, either real recorded things that transfer to a person or a pre-recorded message. And uh, people are getting wise to this, especially if it's something that's happened for a bunch. But what these typically look like is a single call from an unknown number, probably not in your correct area code. And um, those are pretty easy to ignore. So basically, you know, it's something I know that I personally ignore. Like there's, there's certain things like I know who the spam callers are right now. I have a 917 number. I, I got this phone registered in New York and I don't live there anymore. So whenever I get the 917 numbers, I live in Texas now. So it's like anyone local is going to be coming from a 512. But um, I know it's probably going to be a spam call. We get a lot of stuff for, it's weird, really. You pick it up, like the phone's talking to you in Mandarin. There's like a lot of those going on. 918 is usually the Red Cross. But yeah, basically, I know what calls to ignore. And this is just one example of something that I do, but it's just similar things are most likely happening with your prospects, right? So the first thing that I'm going to recommend to do if you're not getting your calls picked up is to not look like a spammer. And there's two ways to do this. The first thing I recommend is always dialing twice. So this sounds a little bit crazy. And if it feels like something that could be an imposition, we're going to get into why it's not in our third point. But Auto dialers will never dial twice. The second thing is when we're dialing twice from a number that's local, we're kind of playing in an area of plausible deniability. If it's a one-time call, who knows? 
if it's a second call, people start assuming it's important. They ask themselves questions like, oh, geez, like, you know, did someone I know have, you know, go to the hospital? It's my buddy in jail and I'm the one phone call they're calling is, you know, my car ready to get picked up at the you know, mechanic, like that kind of stuff. And because of that curiosity, people pick up. But very importantly, if we are following the other directives as far as calling people as soon as we possibly can and making sure that our marketing is accurate and represents our practice, then that's all we really need to say, oh, hey, is this so-and-so? I just saw your name pop in from our you know, family divorce game plan guide. Does that ring a bell? That's all you need to really get started. So all we're really buying there is those two dials. The second one will get the attention if the first one doesn't. And then we're going to be able to connect to something that they just did, right? So that's basically all we need to do is buy that first couple seconds. And that's one of the things that has to happen. The second thing, and this kind of relates to this whole issue we've been seeing with marketing in the last you know, four or five years on, on phone stuff. So the FTC has rolled out these crazy, well, I mean, not to say crazy, but like, you know, justifiably strong regulations in response to all these issues with spam calls. So there's a huge process. And if you use any sort of a CRM to dial out, and um, again, based on one of our last episodes on getting notifications set up, this is something I 1000% recommend. If you're not dialing from a landline or a cell phone, and you're dialing through a CRM, which I super recommend, you need to go through something called A2P registration. So the way that the FTC has been regulating this, we need to basically have your company, and this is literally like EIN number and your company name the exact same way that it's listed on your articles of organization needs to be tied to your phone number. And the whole thing is that, you know, nothing bad potentially comes of this, but like basically we need to have an identity for it. It's like the same reason that you need to use a real name on Facebook these days. They need to be able to tie any bad activity to a certain person. And then this has actually been a huge reason why these calls have gone down a little bit in the last since this came out. This came out, by the way, like October. So yeah, if you guys have probably noticed maybe a slight downturn, this I know I have, but basically um, October 2022 is when these things really started to get crazy. And a lot of people don't still don't know about this. We ended up putting out a podcast right after it got out. But because of how these things are going and these guys kind of work and it's, it's interesting. So the partnership is that FTC manages this stuff through carriers. And the way that carriers are able to make this work is that if your phone number, which is in a giant internal database that's you know across all the major carriers here, if it's not registered with A2P, a lot of instances on a lot of carriers, you're going to show up as spam likely. So if you guys started seeing spam likely numbers pop up on your caller ID, I know I started getting a bunch of these. On, I'm, I'm using an iPhone. That's because people haven't registered for A2P or they are just in fact spammers who had no intention of registering for A2P anyways. So if you don't know about this and you're using a CRM to dial out, get it taken care of. This is something you should be able to ask anyone, you know, if you have a CRM person or service or something like that, um, I think it's pretty much stable stakes for where we're at in 2024, but make sure that stuff gets registered. So we're not showing up as spam likely. We're dialing twice. Ideally, it's going to be a local number. So the last thing that that leaves is having all of the process, getting your notification set up, calling people within five minutes, knowing to dial twice, getting your stuff registered and not implementing it. And you'd be surprised how much this happens, but there's a lot of different ways, but it all kind of comes down to a story that's not serving people in their head. And again, it's crazy. We see this stuff from solos all the way up to seven figure firms, believe it or not, that have all the process they have in place and are not going and hitting the dial button because of some sort of story that they're talking to. Two of the most common ones 
First one is just like, you know, do these people really want to hear from me? Wouldn't they call if they were interested? That's kind of a hypothetical, right? Now, depending on what kind of marketing that people have, that might not be an option. If you're doing something like a, you know, download or a webinar or a free guide or a workshop or something like that, they might not have the option to call. And again, people aren't just going to decide to pick up the phone and call in 2024. It's just not something you do. Even when you're talking about super high intent traffic, like Google traffic, the highest intent traffic you can have, some people still will choose to fill out a form or do a chat. They're not going to dial inbound. They have all the same intentions and a lot of times all the same legal problems as people that do prefer to pick up the phone and initiate the call. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be picking up the phone when you call them back. So as long as your marketing represents what you're doing, it is totally fair game to do that. I kind of go over this example in the book, like if we have a situation where we're talking about like, okay, you know, here's our seven part guide on how to stay safe if you're getting a divorce to somebody who's abusing you domestically, like that is 1000% somebody that you need to call because they're in pain and they're in a situation where you can help them. If you have a guide on, you know, the seven craziest celebrity divorces of 2020, like that's not necessarily something that represents a problem that's active. And, you know, I, first of all, I wouldn't call those people, but in the first place, I wouldn't recommend marketing that way because you're not going to get high intent traffic from that. But basically, as long as your marketing represents something you can help people with, and that kind of starts a little bit up, upstream. Yeah, of course you should call those people. The second thing is that is this solicitation. So there's kind of an interesting rule and, you know, generally people don't do outbound. And I think this is partially why it's the opportunity that it is. So it's usually pretty clear cut if somebody's placing a phone call into you from a billboard, from a Google ad, from whatever it is, that that's not a solicitation. But if somebody is voluntarily giving their information to you and you have the appropriate disclosures on your site on how the information is gonna be used, and this is pretty easy stuff to get, then they are agreeing to be contacted by you. That's not solicitation in any definition of the term. And, you know, we've looked over ABA and, and you know, dozens of state bars over the years on this, this kind of stuff. But again, like it's, it's kind of funny. People sometimes will become legal scholars when they're trying to avoid something that they didn't want to do in the first place. Right. So, you know, I can tell you this, if you, if you want to go ahead and get an opinion letter from your state bar, you absolutely can, but you're going to miss a lot of clients while that's ending up happening. And then ultimately just this last kind of bucket is like, you know, am I bothering people? Do people want to have this? And I would say in 99 out of 100 situations that happens with a law firm, it's like, you know, them getting two calls, two missed calls, worst case scenario, is going to be a fraction of the inconvenience that a large existing legal problem in any field of the law is going to present. Like, it's kind of crazy when you hear these things, too. It's just like you'd have somebody where it's like, oh, man, like, you know, I, I wouldn't want to call this person twice. It's like, we, what do you think? They'd rather be in jail for a DWI. They'd rather not be able to drive their car. They'd rather have to take care of their medical bills on their own or get raked over the coals and the divorce that they just got served papers for. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, how are you not going to end up wanting to place two phone calls? And again, when you're able to like, look at this objectively, you can say these things are ridiculous, but these stories really are compelling when you're kind of keeping them in your mind. So it's, you know, I would even say just go so far as to say, like, be aware that your brain's going to try to trick yourself if you don't want to do this. And lawyers are rational people, right? You guys are really, really good at coming up for reasons for things. And again, it's a really, really dangerous thing to have when it's pointed inwards, right? So to sum all this stuff up, just be aware that there are going to be stories you're going to start telling yourself to not do this. But 
the flip side, I don't really think that you have to fight this demon too often because once you end up having somebody that picks up on the second dial and they go, oh my God, thank you so much for calling me. I was really needing some help for this situation. Your guide came to me at the perfect time. You're never going to be worried about that again. You just need to get one positive example in general. And you know that's enough to snowball to the second one. And then once you know, like everyone who's ever tried this and is doing this right now successfully has found out that this is something that people not only tolerate, but appreciate, then you're never going to stop. But it's really that first one that's really, really challenging. So anyways, this is going to kind of wrap up our series on how to get contact right up. We've got a really cool podcast coming in a couple of weeks on um, some tools that you guys can use to do this. But for now, I want you to try this out on the next lead that comes in outside of an inbound call and let me know how it goes. Try that double dial. Make sure that everything's squared away. If you don't have A2P registration set up, try to call your phone from your CRM and see if it shows up as spam likely. And again, there's all these, these different things that can be stopping you from getting pickups. If you're doing the other stuff correctly as well, obviously. But take this stuff, try to implement it. And I will see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.